So where does the motorcycling start for you on the tank of Feroz's motorcycle? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> okay. yes, it does. All right. Uh, and I was always into bicycles. I mean, right. that, that was my thing. Right. And um, I was selected to go in for the nationals. Wow. Dad said, I mean, I told him, look, I need a proper bicycle. So he says, you get me a national medal and I'll buy you a bicycle. Mm. I said, but I need a bicycle to get a national medal. Mm. So his simple answer is not my problem, pal. I had a normal sort of training bike. Back then, the bicycle was costing 21,000 rupees, which was the price of an RX 100 when it came out. And even though I was 14 or 15, junior, but I still medaled at the senior events. I got a medal and that's when sort of dad said, look, it's costing the same as an RX 100. Do you want that or do you want this bicycle? <laughs> My simple answer is, what do I do with an RX 100? Like a radio broadcast advises safety at all times, discourages underage riding, but celebrates the spirit of motorcycling. And how? This is Tango Charlie, Queen T515, coming in to episode 69 on the Biker Radio Broadcast, a podcast on motorcycling from India celebrating its heroic riders, legendary mechanics and iconic builders through stories told by members of the community, one legend at a time. I'm Shandy and wishing all our listeners Eid Mubarak. Biker Radio Broadcast wishes you happiness, peace and well-being. Inshallah. We paused for an episode on the Biker Radio broadcast, the least we could have done in the middle of this crazy pandemic. Almost all of us have lost someone near and dear to us to this virus and this highlights the uncertainty of life as we know it. But the pause is over and it's time to embrace life, pick up the pieces and ride on on the long way home. Back in 2016-2017, when I was still researching the motorcycling arena, I came across a mad TV YouTube vlog by Dave Darcy called Himalayan Motorcycle Adventure. Dave, Nugget and Nosh were Aussie riders. Nosh was of Indian origin and they were joined by Stefan from Germany with local support from another Indian rider, someone called Ashish Raurani. <laughs> I obviously had no idea who Ashish was and I thought, ah, just another rider, probably a tour operator. Well, cut to the chase when we meet up with Ashish Raurani at IBW Goa in 2019, where I see a familiar face and interview him for a BBC project. We track him through his ride across the Africa Eco Adventure, then Dakar, even do a double episode number 55 and 56 with him, oblivious to the fact that Ashish Raurani was the same guy 
in the epic vlog. Until I very recently happened to see the Mad TV vlog once again, and now that I know Ashish, I decided to re-watch the show. You should see it as well. And there is a scene where Nosh comes across these BRO hired laborers from Jharkhand working on the road to Khardungla in the biting cold and explains to the posse that he too comes from the same state as them, highlighting the economic disparity that the harsh, ragged landscape of the high altitude, arid desert of the Himalayas showcased. In that moment, I made a connection. Nosh mystery. Parsi name, Jharkhand. What chances he's from my hometown, Jamshedpur? <laughs> well, cut to the chase twice over. A bunch of Google searches and I zeroed in on the man down his rabbit hole in the land down under. Sure enough, he turns out to be a schoolmate and the rest just follows. He's an athlete, a keyboardist, a coder, a financial analyst, a guitarist, a hiker, a biker, a national medal winning racing cycler, a father, a son, a husband, a friend, a photographer, a music producer, a painter. Heck, this man is an unbelievable package who prefers his anonymity to the high decibel media marketing of the day. Please welcome to this summer of the 69th episode on the long way home on the Bike Radio Broadcast, our guest from Sydney, Australia, the uniquely talented man for all seasons, Nosh Mystery. So Nosh Mystery, welcome to the Bike Radio Broadcast. Welcome to the long way home. Thank you. Great to be here. So let's start right from the beginning. You're from Jamshedpur. Yes, Jamshedpur, it is. Yeah. Um, small world. Yeah, small world, <laughs> you tell me. Dad uh, came to Jamshedpur when? Dad would have been in Jamshedpur. I, well, he did his apprenticeship for um, in Intelco. Yeah. So that was um, with Tata Trucks at that time. Right. So that's when he actually came into Jamshedpur. So he would have been what? Which years would you remember? I don't know which year, but uh, he would have probably been about 17, 18. So he was born in 45. That would put it at roughly about... 52, 53, something like Yeah, something like that. Somewhere uh, in the 60s, yeah, 60s 64, 65. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was there up until my 12th standard. Okay. Um, and like any sort of other people with mildly academic <laughs> uh, aspirations, you move out of Jamshedpur, at least at that time you oh, did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's still the case. Yes. And uh, move to Pune after that. Okay. What do you do in Pune? Symbiosis, ah. did my commerce, did two MBAs okay. simultaneously All right. <laughs> because one wasn't enough. <laughs> what, did, yeah. what extra did you learn in the second MBA that you didn't in the first? Uh, it, 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 it was an insurance policy. So when you move states, I didn't know about this. Okay. In Maharashtra, you're an outsider to the state okay. because you haven't completed your 12th standard over there. Yeah. Uh, and you're not a domicile as yet because you haven't finished 14 years or something like that ah, in the state. Okay. So there was, uh, even in our group from Jamshedpur, we right. very quickly worked out that the institutions that we wanted to get into for MBA, mm. um, they didn't have enough seats even in our immediate group of about 10 people. I mean, if you're aiming, aim for the top, right? Okay. So uh, we took, all of us took admission into some sort of, college that we got okay. first dibs on <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
uh, which was which was fairly decent as well. I mean, oh, okay. they are now really good institutes, anyways. And um, when we got a chance here, so when I got the seat, I took it. I get said, it. All right, I'm going to continue both. You ran two horses. <laughs> so, two horses, yes, <laughs> and continued both. <laughs> a lot of people in Pune horsing around, I hear. Uh, yes. Your Adar Punawala is one huge horse. Yep. Yeah. He's doing a great yes, job. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. After the he man. Is, he is. Okay. So Pune and then? So yeah, Pune. Then I worked for a few years in Pune. Um, moved to Bombay. Never really liked the place. Mm. Um, and then basically moved back to Pune for a few <laughs> Bawa years. who doesn't like Bombay. <laughs> oh, I'm not a Bawa. I'm not a Bawa from Bombay. So... <laughs> They, they they are a special breed. Boss. They are, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, the bag bawas they call them. Yeah. So yeah, you, you you have them, and then you've got all the other bawas. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, moved back to Pune, and then was looking out for opportunities. Uh, okay. By which time, you know, IT was yeah. Strangely enough, I I don't have a formal qualification in IT. Mm. Um, at least didn't back then. Mm. And. Um, that has always fascinated me. I mean, I've had I've had a computer and I've been coding since I was what uh, in year five, six, something. Oh like that. Oh my God! I remember they used to I give us the, the Spectrum at home. Remember, Tata Tata Steel. Used yeah, to. I had a Spectrum. You had, a, had spectrum? a Spectrum. Wow. Yep, a ZX, uh, and and uh, I got the one twenty eight because yeah. that was double the sixty four. Yeah, I got I the sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it lying around somewhere. Seriously? Uh, wow. Yes. yes. <laughs> was it GW Basic 3.2? Yes. Very much so. It was basic. And the first and the first time I remember writing stuff, I hadn't written the 10, 20, and 30, and I was wondering why it didn't work. <laughs> the go-to 10. Yeah. Yes, go-to 10. Yeah. And of course, with the Jamshedpur heat, um, I had some cassette tapes which which had programs on them ah you used to hook up the 120 yeah, yeah, yeah. to the cassette player as well yeah yeah, transfer yeah, yeah. Data. yeah 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 and with the heat once the tapes stretched Yo. your data was gone <laughs> so <laughs> the bing the, sounded like the bang. sonic signal yeah <laughs> exactly exactly and i had no clue that you're a musician you play the guitar like yes like you're a rock star man you're seriously <laughs> you you you're uh, good and wow, your Thanks. dad's good dad's. as well, man. Oh, dad's dad's the hero. He's the rock star. <laughs> and what what uh, repertoire? I'm a, yeah, I'm just a fantastic. Uh, thanks. thanks. Amazing. Truly amazed. Hi, this is Ashish Rawrani, and you're listening to the Biker Radio Broadcast. The family uh, has been really important for me, mm. and dad actively promoting me to go ahead and do whatever I I would have thought of doing and some stuff that I wouldn't even think of doing did sort of mildly suggest <laughs> and then you go oh yeah all right <laughs> hi this is nosh and this is the long way home listen connect ride on So where does this all start? Let's let's get back to Jamshedpur. Yep, I think that was the place which allowed us time, gave us opportunities to develop yeah. as people. Yeah. I think the school was important. Yes. Because a lot of our batchmates, uh, or even a year 
senior or a year junior mm. uh, or two years sort of they are doing extremely well be it in the film industry be it in, yeah. in business be it in their jobs whatever it is so i think that yeah. was a quite a special time yes um you know tata steel obviously was was doing a lot for the community as well back then yeah they still do yes uh, but uh, i remember them supporting my entire sports career while i was was doing cycling which was my sort of sport there but i think the, really? the place allowed uh, yeah 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 cd sw it was called um so the tata steel had an arm called community development and social welfare absolutely which would basically sponsor um promising kids oh. in their fields awesome um I, i yeah i knew all the sports guys because i used to live opposite the regal ground <laughs> oh you did so that was my yeah regal building <laughs> oh you were in the regal building the place allowed us that opportunity i think to do all of that and yeah. of course you know the the trips into nature the dalma hilltop at that time <laughs> i mean before people knew what off roading was we used to we used to ride our normal bikes up there i've ridden my bicycle up there a number bicycle. of times <laughs> Yeah, I had a little BMX which I used to ride up and then fun coming down on about 18 kilometers right from that <laughs> temple top to the to the bottom. <laughs> Jeez, I must say you got powerful legs to pedal yourself up to that uh, point. Yeah. It's it's good fun. Mm, yeah. So, uh and of course the family uh has been really important for me mm. and dad uh again supporting and allowing all this to you know actively promoting me to go ahead and do whatever i mm. I, i i would have thought of doing mm. and some stuff that i wouldn't even think of doing did sort of mildly suggest <laughs> and then you go oh yeah all right <laughs> so it seems your dad was into motorcycles even back then when did this all start yes. in uh, what 1975 80 what was this No, no, this would have been even prior to that. Even before? I was born in 74, yes. Okay. And he had already had some major bad accidents on his Norton bike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, one of those accidents that he had, um, unfortunately, the, the pillion passenger with him, one of his friends passed away. Oh. But, uh, and dad was in hospital for a long time. Okay. But um, when, when he sort of, when he was conscious enough to speak to because at that time nobody wore helmets or it wasn't the done thing i guess yeah. um and he met with a bad accident but when he sort of when he was conscious I think one of the parsi priests came and told him about um, don't listen to these idiots and sell off your motorbike <laughs> keep it <laughs> and once you're out make sure you swing a leg over it as soon as you can <laughs> god bless the parsi priests <laughs> so yes 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 wow so he had the norton much before all of this so, so early in the 70s much before all of this was even cool yes the mad uh, bawa was there been probably the late yeah the late 60s he had a norton one of his friends had a triumph wow um, they actually rode from jamshedpur to bombay in the rainy season in <laughs> in chappals <laughs> and shirts and all of that and they crossed some flooded bridges and I whatever can else i can imagine but yeah suppose you know it's um it is it is predominantly due to him yeah that this uh this love exists <laughs> right 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 hi this is clifton shipway and you're listening to the biker radio broadcast 
he's a qualified lathe operator he can put together a truck single handed right. so that was the training at that time and it was from Daimler Benz yeah. directly so that yes. was his certificate the biker radio broadcast listen connect ride on he's one of the few people i know who can hand file to zero tolerance Hi this is Nosh and this is the long way home. Listen connect ride on. So the Norton's still around, I guess. <laughs> the Norton was; it soon became our family mule. So he actually extended the seat a little bit, okay. so that we could all sit on it. Yeah. Because India, yeah, we yeah. didn't have a car. Oh yeah. Bike was the mode of transport, yeah. and I was on the tank of the Norton. So yeah. that's that's where <laughs> I grew up uh, riding bikes. Okay. And you know he would he would encourage me to slowly steer stuff as well. Mm. Um, you know even even when it was the family on the bike he would still say yeah yeah just just take it and you're the only child and he knew the bike was no i have a sister as oh, well okay. so yeah she was on the bike too at that time yes great <laughs> i had a lambretta so <laughs> pretty much the same ergonomics yes. except i think all all indian families yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at that time mm. so yeah that's that's the that's what happened with the norton um you know, we'd happily sort of clean and wash it and sort of go out for a ride awesome um, but uh, he actually sold off that Norton oh. because he had heard the Yamaha RD350 was coming in <laughs> and he thought that you know it's been a pain to try and keep this bike maintained yes he'd have to build everything from from he he's uh, because he's done his apprenticeship in telco yeah. he's a qualified lathe operator he can he can put together a truck single handed right. so that was the training at that time and it was from Daimler Benz yeah. directly so that yes. was his certificate yes but uh, he's one of the few people well one of the only people i know who can file to yeah. zero tolerance oh hand file to zero tolerance oh wow so his mechanical prowess is by far like it's it's crazy good i haven't uh, seen somebody able to hand file things to zero tolerance which he's done wow and that's how he could maintain the bikes uh, that's how he could build stuff for the bikes but uh, you know as as family came in and yeah. as life happened yes. uh, time for all of that gets lesser and lesser yeah and uh, in one of those sort of moments he sold off the norton okay he said i'll buy this yamaha 350 it's going to be a lot more newer and better yes. and all of that yes yes uh, when the 350 came out he didn't like it one bit oh. other than that it was a really fast bike yeah. but it was nowhere in handling oh. or build quality compared to the norton from 1952 yes of course <laughs> and uh, he then ended up buying a yazdi of all bikes <laughs> Are you telling Because me that he, he gave away the 350? Uh, he no he didn't buy it. He tried oh, it out. Okay. But he didn't buy it. Okay. Uh he bought a Yazdi instead. Mm. Um because he hates the bullet, <laughs> the Enfield. <laughs> he didn't like the Razdoot much. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, after a Norton, it's 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 a big yeah. step down. I, and I, uh, I think uh, maybe a few months later, the Yazdi got stolen. Oh. So he was like ecstatic that it's got stolen. Oh. <laughs> and then the first thing he did was source another Norton 650 this time. Oh, did he? <laughs> He'd heard of a guy somewhere in Dhanbad who who had a Norton, so ah. he approached him and uh, found out that the bike still exists. Wow. Um, and the guy used to work at a petrol station or something like that. So, yeah. you know, British bikes, yeah. if you don't maintain them, they sometimes blow a gasket or well, some sort of a yeah. seal, sure. and then it's a, it's a it's a it's an oil leak mess. Yeah. Uh, the older triumphs definitely are. Yeah. So the Norton engine design was a little bit better. It was all contained within. Mm. Um, so they, they were a little bit more leak proof, but mm. still. So this guy just kept pouring in oil. <laughs> mm. So the insides of the bike were A A1, but mm. the outside was a mess. Mm. So he obviously with his mechanical insight realized all of that, <laughs> bought the bike anyways for, for a good price. Yeah. And then, yeah, did up the whole thing. So that wow. was the Norton. And uh, we we had it for a long, long, long time until he finally sold it off once we'd moved to Pune. Oh. And in the meantime, he had bought a Triumph Speed Twin as well, which him and me rode from Jamshedpur to Pune. Hi, this is Milan Kurana, and you're listening to the Biker Radio Broadcast. Small town person, <laughs> mm. never like big cities, yeah. don't like Delhi, don't like Bombay, don't like Chennai. So Pune, it was, I went back there, got a job. Hi, this is Nosh and this is The Long Way Home. Listen, connect, ride on. That's the, that's the story of uh, getting me into biking okay. and machinery on dad's part. So yeah, clearly, I mean, he 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 was encouraging stuff, yeah. but he knew uh, through the cycling part I could actually handle. Um, yes, my handling character, my handling was good. Right, um, I, I was fairly confident in tight situations because I was racing. You know, when you're racing with fifteen, twenty, thirty guys, stuff mm. happens. You've got to be able to handle a bike. Oh yes. Um, on a motorbike, it's a little bit different, mm. but uh, even so, I mean, our cycling speeds, we were averaging about 50 k's an hour and things like that. So mm. it was still fast enough mm. and nothing compared to a Norton, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that was the Norton story. Uh, and, and it's, look, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a family member really, I would say right. the bikes right. for us. Right. Yes. Um, it's been part of our lives it's given us great times and um, i think that's that's where the bawa characteristic <laughs> comes in where the, the machines become part of the family <laughs> no no that is true that is true indeed yeah so then uh, so you hang around pune for a couple of years no you go to bombay yeah i did go to bombay after i finished my um my graduation yeah. my commerce uh, bcom Mm. And I thought that there's no point in me trying to sort of follow the bandwagon and get straight into doing an MBA mm. if I don't have any work experience. Mm. Um, that was my thinking. Um, naive thinking at the time because, 
India being India, mm. the only sort of advantage you can get is a piece of paper which says you are certified to do X, Y, or Z. Mm. Or here's your qualification. And at that age, that's I guess that's what most uh, companies hiring would look at. Yeah. So I went and worked in Bombay for a year. Uh, it was a marketing kind of job. Okay. I wasn't ever happy in Bombay. Yeah. Uh, the job was yeah it was a job. Mm. Um, and yeah, the moment I sort of found out that there was somebody else employed who was doing exactly the same thing I was, but was paid twice the amount because his dad knew somebody in that firm. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, I just made a call and said, look, it's not going to work out for me like this, at least in this company. Mm. I definitely don't want to remain in Bombay. Mm. And a year is enough to, to make up your mind by then. Um, small town person, Jamshedpur, <laughs> mm. never liked big cities, yeah. don't like Delhi, don't like Bombay, right. don't like Chennai. So it's, yeah. So Pune, it was, I went back there and I got a job there. Um, so that's, that's where I worked a number of years Okay. before moving to Australia. Okay. So uh, what were you doing in Pune? I started off working at Hallmark Cards. Oh, um, it was yeah. Uh, it Marketing was a lot job. Of designing work. No, no, no. This was on the design side of it. Completely different. Wow! How um, did that transition graphic, graphic happen, design? man? Uh, 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 like I said, I mean, look, coding. Uh, so dad's dad's a photographer as well. Ah. He's um, he's an ace photographer. And being stationed in Jamshedpur, he used to get a lot of jobs from the Bombay agencies where they didn't want to send across a photographer to cover a lot of the Tata's stuff. Okay. And um, because a lot of that needed uh, brochure work at that time, you right. know, print work was, um, that, that was the way you shared things back then. There was no internet. So that's, I, I took a little bit of an interest in it and when you pair coding with some sort of, say, I think it was, uh, I forget what program it was at that time. Microsoft Paint. Uh, the company got, no, no, no. <laughs> this was a, this was a, this was a print specific one. Um, okay. Uh, it got bought out by Adobe. I okay. can't remember. Corel Draw was one of them, and then yeah. there was something else. I forget. But anyways, I, I that was fairly simple. I learned the thing, and then, yeah, that that sort wow. of background was there. Amazing. So when I moved to Pune, yeah, it was more at Hallmark, designing, um, and then I did about a year and a half of that. And obviously, the, you know, the whole uh, the coding side was still there. So I decided to, to move into the IT sector or sphere because that oh. was what was starting to boom at that time. Okay. And which year is this? It was already booming. This would have been 97. Okay. By which time I'd finished, uh, yeah, uh, I'd come back, I had started sort of doing this, I'd started an MBA, I was doing all of that, um, yeah. working along with this, and I had a job with the railways as a cyclist as well, so okay. they, they, they sponsored, so <laughs> there was a few things going on. All right, so it was comfortable. Um, hectic, but comfortable, yes, wouldn't yeah. have it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> My way. Hey. Okay, so we are at Sonmarg 
and what I see right before my eyes is a fully covered white mountain and oh my god what a sight like I have been to Kashmir earlier but I've never been able to make it on the bike and uh, see this site so this is what I came for and there was some fresh snowfall just uh, two days back so yeah Sonmarg is just so amazing I just can't start to tell you how ecstatic I am to be here right now so we came to Sonmarg from Srinagar this morning we stayed at a hotel yesterday the day before yesterday we stayed at a houseboat in Srinagar and uh, you know when it rains and when you ride in the rains in Kashmir it's next level trust me we had like we were we were close to getting frostbites and it was freezing but we stayed over at the houseboat in Srinagar uh, the day before today we are at Sonmarg tomorrow the plan is to go to Gulmarg we're gonna visit Vular Lake uh, on the way to Gulmarg and then we are off to Pehelgam and from Pehelgam we will be back to Delhi that's the plan guys uh, we are four girls riding from Delhi I have a friend who's come down from Bangalore her name is Anu I have a friend who's come down from Mumbai who's Moshimi and then Manjula from Gurgaon and me so initially we were seven of us who made the plan but we couldn't uh, make it because you know when we did the RT-PCR test uh, three of them were asymptomatic and they tested positive so sadly they couldn't come but we still decided to come and the good news is that we have a 4G connectivity in Kashmir and by the way I just want to mention something here that when I was here in uh, August 2016 when I rode through Kashmir I really had a very bad experience uh, with the stone pelting and all of that but now I must say Kashmir is absolutely safe and it's more beautiful than ever so this is for all the riders who think you, you can't pass through Kashmir and Kashmir is unsafe Kashmir is absolutely safe and it's beautiful Hey guys, this is Anu from Bangalore I'm a Harley Davidson rider and I've done many many kilometers on highways and all over the country but now I have an ecstatic ride in the mountains by the rivers among the animals, horses, sheep and whatnot and the meadows beautiful snow and the pine forests just amazing and while she's saying this she has tears in her eyes yeah maybe maybe i'll consider doing more of this and leave the highways i'm not exaggerating that that's the feeling i have so i'm going to come back every year maybe four or five times a year <laughs> i'm too greedy now Okay, take care. Thank you. Bye. My way. Well, thank you, Anita Krishnan, Anu, Moshmi, and Manjula for that sprightly my way from heavenly Kashmir. Ghar firdos ruhe zaminast, haminastu, haminastu, haminast. Which 
when translated from Persian to Kashmiri stands for if you see four girls riding in the middle of a pandemic it's because they are mad they are mad they are mad our advice however is for people to stay put for another couple of months before braving the lockdown well staying home is helping save lives okay so welcome back to the 69th episode of the biker radio broadcast i'm shandy and with me is nosh mystery on the long way home well it's hard to make a name for yourself especially if you have an illustrious dad like nosh's dad almost every talent that nosh displays has its origins in his father you have to be at the top of your game to be able to even hold that candle up Nosh does that exceedingly well and then some. Time now to get back on the long way home with Nosh Mystery and find a little more about his dad. Uh, so what's dad's name? Feroz. Okay. Feroz Mystery. Dad and me share a unique relationship. I have never called him when I speak to him, I don't call him dad. Uh. Or papa or anything. I call him by his name and I've always done that since I was a kid. So even as a Three year old, I called him Feroz, and um, he's named me after his best friend who passed away in a swimming accident. Um, okay, they were swimming together, and he drowned in Swarnareka River. Oh, so he always believed that his best friend sort of come back. Yeah, that's the relationship we've shared. Oh wow! Even till, till today. Wow. So, <laughs> so where does the motorcycling start for you on the tank of Feroz's motorcycle? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, okay. it does. Right. So look I uh, despite having that Norton I never really learned to ride a bike on my own. I mean it was a heavy bike right. at least for a kid you know. Yeah. It's it's it uh, when I when I sort of read back now the bikes were about 160 kilos which was by today's standards not too heavy. Right. Um at least for you know 4 or 500 cc today would be about um 200 ish kilos. Yes. But back then it was a lot less. It was the bikes were a lot simpler. Mm. They didn't have, you know, oil cooling or they didn't have mm. yeah, slipper clutches or things like that. So it was a fairly simple engine. Mm. Everything was very mechanical. Um, mm. And it and it worked well. Suspension was um okay. Yeah. It wasn't the best and electricals headlights were non-existent <laughs> on most <laughs> old British bikes. Yeah. <laughs> But um Well, you'd carry uh, a lantern along our, or something. <laughs> oh, you, you'd, you'd almost have to. You'd almost have to. I mean, it, 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 I'll put it this way. It was more for others to see you yeah. than for you to see the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. Yeah. So, when did you get into motorcycling? Uh, in, a, I think it was either my 10th standard or 11th. I can't remember. Okay. Um, is and i was always into bicycles i mean right. that that was my thing right so when i was um when i was sort of trying to get into the nationals and things like that i had won a few state medals and um i was selected to go in for the nationals wow um dad said i mean i told him look i need a proper bicycle mm. so he says you get me a national medal and i'll buy you a bicycle mm. i said but i need a bicycle to get a national medal mm. so his simple answer is not my problem pal you oh. manage it wow yeah because uh, bicycles were expensive back then 
Yeah, it, the bike, bicycle was costing 21,000 rupees, which was the price of an RX 100 when it came out, a Yamaha RX 100. Okay. What what bicycle you're talking about is a different bicycle, absolutely, right? It's 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 a it's a high-end race bicycle. Yeah. I still have it today. Yeah. Um yeah, it weighs 7 kilos. <laughs> um, you can lift it up with one finger it's it was it was the state of the art at that time yes so he basically said get a medal i'll give you the bicycle or i'll get the bicycle for you and okay. i said i yeah and then as luck would have it i had a i had a normal sort of training bike and um this is where the tata steel part came in and both amar singh and another good friend called sadbir singh who was um cycling at that time he gave me his bike mm. and um, said right you ride it at the nationals and even though i was 14 or 15 i can't remember now what mm. it was uh, but i still you know junior but i still meddled at the senior events so i got given a bike it worked well um i got a medal and that's when sort of dad said look here's an it's costing the same as an RX 100. Do you want that or do you want this bicycle? <laughs> My simple answer is, what do I do with an RX 100? I don't even know how to ride it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but, uh, but back then, um, you know, that, that sort of somewhere clicked in and, you know, love of machinery has always been there. And a good friend, uh, I'm not sure if you know him as well, Balaji Devnathan. Mm. He was in Loyola, moved to DBMS, and then sort of, yeah. Okay. But uh, he had a BSA bond at that time, which was a 50cc thing. Yeah, yeah, and I remember that. he used to call that. it Bala's bond. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he said, do you want to try it? Or I can't remember if I asked him to try it now, but yeah. basically I ended up... Um, thinking the brake lever was the kickstarter. <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> And with my cycling legs, I kicked it and the brake lever was just, it gave way completely. <laughs> it was touching the ground. Balaji, <laughs> uh, really, yeah, uh, sorry to him even today. <laughs> we joke about it. But uh, yeah, it was, um, that was the first bike I rode. And then somehow my dad came to find out that I have, I have tried to ride this bike. Hmm. I don't know how, uh, must be one of my friends, yeah. maybe Balaji, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the next thing I know, he said, all right, um, you're strong enough. To, uh. So the first thing we do is we go and try and ride the Norton. Okay. We still had the second Norton then. Wow. And uh, the first exercise was he put it on the ground and he asked me to lift it up. Uh, if I couldn't lift it up, I couldn't ride it. It was as simple as that. He didn't want the bike to fall on me and break a leg or something like that. And then we had, uh, the second thing was there was a couple of steps where we had a wooden plank and we used to put the bike inside under under a staircase. Yeah. And he told me, if you can push it up, yeah. you can ride the bike. So these are the couple of things you need to do to be able to ride the bike. Okay. That was easy enough for me. I mean, I was uh, young, strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything worked well. And um, yeah, before I knew it, at 13, I was on the Norton trying to ride that. Wow, 13? He was, he, yeah, 13. Awesome. When I was 14, he decided that, yes, we are going to get you a license. And Bihar being Bihar, <laughs> uh, we could buy a license, which we did. Yeah. Hana was right <laughs> across your you can even house, say that. I suppose. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was just across the road. And 
I, we didn't even have to go in there. Somebody came home and delivered the license, and and for memory's sake, I actually have that license oh, right now. It is man. like a booklet. Oh yeah. Uh, and in that, it even allowed me to drive a a road roller. <laughs> uh, you know the ones that used to. <laughs> So the guy just ticked everything <laughs> car truck road roller bus bike everything there kuch chhod do nahi diya nahi 200 rupya ya 100 rupya can't remember what dad paid for it but uh, yeah i had a license when i was 14 so oh. i could officially uh, and on that license i was 16 ah yeah so sasriya kal ji main lali singh and you're listening to biker radio broadcast now i try to sort of understand and analyze the more that i play things and the more that I, you know a good way to learn the intricacies of something is by trying to replicate it yourself with the limitations that you have and uh, then you truly start appreciating and you start learning a lot more as well so right i guess this this process has taught me quite a bit Hi this is Nosh and this is the long way home Listen connect ride on So the music also goes back right Yes yes that goes back a long way again Jamshedpur so dad again instrumental in the music side of it <laughs> all puns intended and he was he was he was playing music as well he had a band uh, uh when he was in jamshedpur you know really? nine piece band yeah 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 where would they play in jamshedpur this was all paid gigs on a friday saturday sunday this was live music capital at that time so calcutta jamshedpur um all the mines areas huh. they used to have because they were not nationalized at that time the mines yeah. and they were rich private individuals who had parties and they had they had the wherewithal to to host stuff like this really they do that and otherwise it was the whole restaurant scene which was there uh, so what you'd call a pub today yeah. was back then that was the whole club scene so dad's band uh, two guys were cousins of louis banks oh. so they were sort of right up there in their musician capabilities and everyone was sight reading and there was a nine piece band and it sounded sort of great and yeah you know, obviously with the shadows side of it they would play the shadows and dad had learned the guitar ditto ah. so he still still plays that exactly i mean wow. right from the time he started that was his influence so yeah. so music came naturally to you yes it was around uh, i just had to tap into it yeah. <laughs> like a lot of other things like a lot of other things wow So dad's brother um was in the merchant navy. Okay. And he was our sort of contact to the outside world outside of India. Right. And every time he came back he would sort of spend 3 months, 4 months with us and live with us and then sort of alternate between our place, uh, his parents place, so dad's parents place yeah. and then the when he was out sailing. Mm. So even back then I mean he used to get across all sorts of music. He got <laughs> uh, LPs at that time where you know the first time I remember actually hearing the Pink Floyd LP. Yeah. Um well, it must have been man, 78 or a, something. Yes, that was a different different experience to putting on your earpods today and just streaming something yeah and the speakers 
because of dad's <laughs> mechanical side and his interest in music he he built his own guitar when he was 13 or something like that oh my god uh, he saw this poster uh, cliff richards and the shadows yeah and interestingly cliff richards is from lucknow lamas which is the same school that dad went to oh really uh, so yeah yeah he went to lucknow lamas okay. so you know cliff richards was a known um known person back then and of course they were the big thing in world music at that time yes absolutely so he built a guitar seeing a poster of hank marvin at that time so he he'd figured out even as a kid oh. mechanically he always had it yeah. um yeah. and sort of fast forward to this this time he, and he even today he builds his own speakers because he doesn't like anything that's on the market oh my goodness so not that he's an audiophile but yeah. he just simply doesn't like what is available and the price that it is available at and all of that oh my god so he builds his own speakers um he'd built his own speakers back then and listening to lps that my uncle had brought across that, i guess that's what the vintage analog sound was which yeah. to a to a great extent we are still trying to emulate through the digital realm today yeah. and it's just not going to happen uh, because i hope you, so you put in you put in fake stuff it'll sound close uh, man what would it be like to have the analog world back with us just imagine you know we turn around यूटर्न मार के हम चलते हैं एनालॉग की तरफ कोविड को मारो गोली इट वुड बी गुड इट वुड बी गुड आई मीन द कन्वीनियंस ऑफ द डिजिटल वर्ल्ड बाय फार आउट वे इज दैट ऑफ द एनालॉग वर्ल्ड a lot of stuff that you hear and and when i hear things with a close ear now i try to sort of understand and analyze the more that i play things and the more that I, you know a good way to learn the intricacies of something is by trying to replicate it yourself yeah with with what you have with the limitations that you have and um, then then you truly start appreciating and you start learning a lot more as well so right I guess this this process has taught me quite a bit. It was an experience as a child and we learn more with experience than we learn sort of intellectually Absolutely. or through a course or whatever it is. And that was that was that. Now really. it's called by Jews um, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh, oh man, where is this world going? Well, amazing man, I want to meet your dad. I want to meet Oh, he is so you should, badly. You should. You should. So you badly. Should. Hi, this is Firoz Mystery, and this is the Biker Radio Broadcast. to the 69th episode of the Piker Radio broadcast. I'm Shandy and I guess it's time to bowl a dusra on this Aussie pitch. Surprise surprise. Please welcome to the long way home master craftsman, vintage lover, musician, guitar builder, biker, machinist, automobile engineer, traveler, photographer, painter, vocalist, DIY evangelist, straight talker and a proud grandfather, Feroz Mystery. Feroz Mystery, welcome to the Biker Radio broadcast. Welcome to the long way home. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. So I, I am told, uh, Nosh and you are working very hard on finishing the Pink Floyd project. Yeah, that will go on and on. Once the song finishes, we take the other one. So far, we put out seven of them. Yeah, I heard them. Fantastic <laughs> job. I applaud you. I stand up and applaud you. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It Thank takes you a lot much. of guts to even try. Uh, a Floyd. Yeah, yeah, it does. People don't realize that, you know, it's, most people, they don't even bother to pay any this thing. They don't even pass any comments. They just go through it and, you know, of course, can't blame them also. People who are, who are not into it. But people who are into it and they try and do a cover, it takes a lot of guts to even try it. And for somebody like the, t the two of you, you guys have done so well and how. It's fantastic. I mean, unbelievable. I really <laughs> applaud you guys. Seriously. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, we appreciate it. it. It is a tough job. There's no doubt. There are many guys who come, Uncle, we are doing Freud night. Please come. Yeah. And then they ask me, how did it sound? And they have equipment yeah. worth lakhs of rupees and all. But the people <laughs> don't bother to dig into it and get 100% yes. out of the equipment that they have. You know, the maximum they'll use is 5 to 10%. Yeah, Nobody bothers to read the manual either. Here I'm ah. sitting with the manual for 30 years. I have had it and I keep referring to it. <laughs> Whether it is cameras or bikes or musical instruments or amps or whatever. Nosh and I were having such a long chat about the analog era. <laughs> yeah, the kind of time and the patience and, you know, the dedication that goes into something like that. And he spoke about how you're an, you might not be an audiophile, but you hand build your speakers. Yeah, I was doing that from a very young age. From a very young age. Because things were not available also, you know. So you had to fend out for yourself. Previously, there were no electric guitars available here. Yeah? Leave alone anything else. I know. We had to, I used to make my own guitars and uh, my heard. band members were using handmade ones. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah? Sitting down and winding a coil and that thing is as thick as your hair. Yeah. The wire. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Dreadful nightmares here. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but but that, fun, that but pretty much leads me to the big question on my mind which uh, Nosh and I were chatting about explain zero tolerance see that is one one thing which you have to be either trained into it or you're a stickler for right you won't settle for less but you hand filed it to zero tolerance yeah absolutely but the training that I had gotten telco in Jamshabur that was the Daimler-Benz course, which was there for our automobile engineering. Yeah. That was a deadly course here. With my file, I could file zero tolerance absolutely in my sleep like. But you come out of it, you know everything about anything mechanical. You right. can handle any machine, you can handle any. So making guitars and all was nothing. I was started making them there itself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. In the hostel. For the benefit of people who don't understand what zero tolerance is, could you just explain? See, like uh, if you come into the metric system, we yeah. talk about millimeters. Now, if right. I'm working on a 10 millimeter thing, mm. it should not go to 10.1 millimeter mm. or 9.9 .9 millimeter. That becomes right. zero tolerance. Okay. You have to be dead on on that 10 itself. Okay. So when you're filing or doing anything like that, you keep measuring and strike it. Keep measuring another stroke. Two or three more strokes, again measure it. If so you cross it and it goes past, then you've had it. <laughs> that means it's gone into minus. <laughs> so this is the vernier you caliper well that you're using fresh. to measure? Those vernier calipers used to, there was uh, overalls that we had during our uh, training period. 
there was a pocket to carry a vernier calipers which we carried right. eight hours a day <laughs> <laughs> but the question yep. i really want to ask you is about these mine owners evenings what were they like i never i grew up in jamshedpur i never heard of this but i can just imagine it can you give me a whiff of what it was now you can imagine we used to go and play there for these people right these mine owners at that time so where were these like jamadoba danba jaria jamadoba all all the mine areas in orissa there were so many mines who were the kind of people who owned them they were i mean it had come down from a long way back into the hands and it, those people who were like maharajas at one time you know ah. and then became privy this thing and all those things took over and then one fine day i was playing over there in the night and mm. there was some rumor which was going around and on that night the whole thing was nationalized indira gandhi nationalized the whole thing oh my god so everything was taken away from these guys and let <laughs> me tell you when we used to play there also yeah the booze was the best of booze scotch available wow the only indian drink which used to be there were the sodas <laughs> Otherwise, everything was foreign drinks, and my band members. One of the guys was quite high after drinking, and he was washing his face with scotch. <laughs> you can imagine. And when we reached there, the guys come and put a whole basket of sodas, and they put the best whiskies in front of us. Arey, oh was, my God! I had to keep the boys away from them. You know, like wait on, hold on, boss. You still have the whole night to go through. I know. and then the next day they would call us for lunch and breakfast and my place and dinner at my place and a oh, fantastic time we used to have fantastic time hi this is firoz mystery and this is the biker radio broadcast where you when i was burnt and broken while the day slip by from my window watching hi this is nosh and this is the long way home listen connect ride on So seven weeks in the Himalayas. Yeah, yeah, it was. And you were seventy. I was seventy then. Yep. Wow. And and with massive body ache, <laughs> my muscles jam up. You know, they become uh. tight. I mean, they they absolutely tight. It's like I have been doing weights for three four hours, oh. and muscles don't relax. Takes me little time to get up. Okay. Even though I do sit ups and all that, but still it pains. And another thing with the ride was we had all the time in the world. So if we found something good, a good-looking spot, a nice scenery over there, we'd spend the night there. I know. I I, I saw, saw snatches of it <laughs> in the video, a very small uh, bits of it, and I could get that flavor. You know that you guys were pretty much taking it easy, didn't have yeah, too yeah. much of an agenda. Oh, Going good fun! Yeah, agendas only used to be with these youngsters, you know. Yeah. They come on the Enfields and with the five hundred cc bikes, and and, <laughs> and I used to go behind them, you know, and chavi lagao them. <laughs> and these guys would start racing and start. And Nash, I said, Nash, put the camera on. And he used yeah. to have the camera on at the back, <laughs> the GoPro. Yeah, yeah. 
and i used to look out chavi to these guys and these guys are racing racing but then i'd overtake them and again wait for them <laughs> again it came again <laughs> so finally i told nash i said those guys stopped and they gave up after 2 3 hours they gave up so i said nash i'm stopping with these guys so i stopped over there so now i told nash i said i think i'll remove my helmet now he said no no please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> good fun, yeah. yeah. Real good fun. Hi, this is Sigmund Quadras, and you're listening to Biker Radio Broadcast. And if your head explodes with a foreboding stew, I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. Hi this is Nosh and this is the long way home listen connect ride on about this ride from Jamshedpur to Pune on your triumph speed twin yeah tell me about it how did that go see uh, there was a triumph which i was eyeing for quite some time which was in some mine mine area and uh, i managed to pick it up talk that guy into selling it because he was not maintaining it properly so i repaired the whole thing over there and uh, nosh was already in college in pune at that time so okay after repairing it i talked him into it i said uh, if you want to ride back to pune drop in and we'll ride the bike from here to pune he agreed so w- what was nosh was he riding something or no no we just on one bike both of us on one bike okay the running in and all also wasn't done so we had to ride it slowly in the first day okay. then second day we took 3 days 3 and a half days okay but on the third day i was touching 140 150 on it <laughs> <laughs> lovely bike oh. lovely bike oh. uh, i sold my that bike because now i can't bend down and repair stuff i told nosh you want to take it take it yeah. he didn't so i sold it for 135000 and the guy i sold it to a couple of years back he sold it for eight and a half lakhs tell me which year did you sell it i sold it about 6 uh, years back wow and my norton also i sold off because i couldn't look after it uh. anymore you know and you have to keep fiddling with these british bikes that's one another thing you have to keep tickling it i know i know and you have to see that drop of oil on the floor and put a tray underneath no matter what you do <laughs> <laughs> so i collected both the both the bike uh, paisa and i said i'll keep it for another bike and then these uh, suzuki came out with the stuff what i fell for totally and i went in aha uh-huh. and which is not many people know about bikes so they did not buy it and they closed it down and the, the only 600 pieces were sold throughout the country mm. and this is the the suzuki inazuma 250 cc what a beauty bike what a beauty really? bike really Yeah. Really? And when I went there to buy it, that fellow said three and a half lakhs. So I said it's a little too much out of the budget. I came back home. Mm. Then after about about uh, five or six months, they brought the price down by one lakh. So immediately oh I went, yeah, one lakh. They brought it down. So I paid about two lakh fifty thousand for it. Okay. And what a bike! I I went there with my wife, and that that fellow couldn't believe it that I was buying the bike. He said, "Can I take some shots to put up in a showroom and all that with you and yeah. your missus?" Yeah, yeah. I said, "Nothing doing here." <laughs> and and I brought it home, and I am too happy with it. Yeah. And the best part of in in these bikes is you never see a drop of oil on the floor. 
That is true. <laughs> that is true. But the fact that you don't see oil on the floor, does it break your heart? <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, those bikes were, they were 60 years old, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. After the time, it gets too much then, you know. And all these bike lovers, later on, uh, they've always given up. Like, you know, now it's too much. Yeah, too much. Yes, no parts true. available. you got to pay through your nose. I had a friend over here who used to get me parts from UK. Mm. And it was okay up to a certain time. Then again, you start looking for it and paying such a premium price for it and all. And I know. Not worth it here. And these jab bikes are very trustworthy bikes here. So what did you sell the Norton for? Yeah, about the same. One like 35,000 or so. Wow. That was a 650cc twin. And my oh time my was a 550cc twin. So Feroz Mestre, thank you so much for being on the Biker Radio broadcast. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot. On the long way home. Okay, Basi. All the best. God bless. Stay safe. Thank you so much. That was Nosh's father, Feroz Mystery, and together they're working on a Pink Floyd cover album. Well, they call themselves the Floyd Duo, and they've already put out over half a dozen tracks for you to savor. I've got one spool just for you. But before that, time now to get back on the long way home with our Joey, Nosh Mystery. I asked him a little more about his music. Hi there, I'm Cyrus Madan and you're listening to the Biker Radio Broadcast. Yeah, I was playing music in school and uh, had a few friends. What were you guys playing? If you remember any of them. Classic, classic rock, classic okay. rock. Okay. <laughs> Santana, Deep Purple. Oh. <laughs> Hi, this is Nosh and this is The Long Way Home. Listen, connect, ride on. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's always a guitar that was in the house. There was a piano which was in the house. Um, yeah, back then, and we, we grew up in a one-room house. There was no, I, I wouldn't even say it was a one-bedroom. It was just one room. We had, mom had got a makeshift kitchen area. Okay. Um, there was there was one small little table which used to serve as the dining plus prep table for all the kitchen stuff. Okay. Um, there was one separate toilet there, yes. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was just one room. Um, wow. I wouldn't call it a large room. So, you know, in, in all of that, we've been given the opportunity to do everything that we've done. I just find it uh, amazing that our parents could do that. <laughs> and today, I mean, we complain about space and... <laughs> just go, yeah, really? Okay. <laughs> there it's small town, small town, boss. Yes, yes. Right. It, it puts yeah. something into you that is kind of different. Look, there's a resourcefulness over there. You yeah. know, you, you use what you have to the max. And yeah. um, I think that was the philosophy that we grew up with. You know, make the most of what you have. Don't, don't whinge around stuff uh, that you don't have. Mm. Get on with it and, and just do what you need to do. True that. So, but then were you playing music uh, in school? Uh, so, he, he, yeah, I was playing music in school. Um, okay. I don't think that I was involved when you got that Shadows gig together. No, I, I'm surprised. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, we we did quite all right on the school music scene kind of thing okay. and uh, had a few friends. What were you guys playing, if you remember any oh, of them? Classic, 
classic rock classic okay. rock okay <laughs> santana deep purple oh. <laughs> so were you the rhythm guy or no keyboards was my instrument okay so i play guitar yes but keyboards is my thing nope. that i've been doing for a while okay mm. but yeah i mean um continuing on i have always the first thing that i did when i came to australia was i bought a keyboard and now i've got a vintage 21 year old yamaha synthesizer <laughs> wow which is actually worth more money than when i bought it for i'm sure so. i'm sure and and you 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 do a f- not a fairly good job that would be absolutely blasphemous you do a brilliant job so you also do it professionally yes um i do do this professionally um mm. you know it's it's something that uh, yeah i sort of again this whole thing goes back to I, dad again i guess i enjoy oh, dad and i enjoy utilizing you know I, i'm i'm not going to be satisfied just doing sport or just doing a job or just doing biking yeah i'm amazed it, it seems to be coming down yeah, from your dad like you know your dad is yes, also a photographer dad and mom and mom as well and mom okay. as well because she's taught the resilience and sort of you know the patience and to continue on no matter what it is because yeah if if there is talent it's good but no point if if you can't yeah i think your mom basically in. told the boys don't sit on your ass do something and yeah. everybody did yeah. it yeah. <laughs> yeah we did yeah sounds so, like that yeah i think it's uh, it goes back to it, it all goes back to that that town that age the time mm. so and then we just extend you know I, i've got this theory that nature doesn't really need you to grow past puberty because yeah it just needs you to propagate life if you really yeah. want to grow up and do something yeah. it's up to you to then extend yourself beyond that i mean I surprising so a lot of lot of old people i know act like teenagers and yeah, yeah sometimes i yeah, okay maybe i know why <laughs> but well, at least the male of the yeah, species is pretty arrogant. much yeah, yeah, useless yeah, the male of the species you absolutely yeah. useless it's the women who really you know have got a purpose yeah. in life in on this planet unless you know yeah. the man decides to do something about it <laughs> <laughs> that's a little harsh but that's the truth ah, that is the truth that is the truth <laughs> hi i'm sharad sharma and this is the biker radio broadcast when did you move to australia april 2001 i mean it's 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 a continent it's the smallest continent but it's a continent yes. it's vast with a 24 25 million population predominantly sort of sprinkled around the four or five major cities there is lots and lots of vastness over here it is outdoors it was a natural fit for me as well so it's as much home as india is we have a region over here close to perth it's called the nullarbor and there's a road there which is a straight line road for 140 kilometers people fall asleep driving on that road <laughs> at one point in time they were thinking of putting in some chicanes over there just to keep the road <laughs> Hi this is Nosh and this is the long way home listen connect ride on But tell me so you you, you get on a flight yeah. and say okay bye bye see you india Um no at so once i moved into the it side in uh, when i was working in pune mm. um you know there was this whole thing about the ominous 
2K stuff coming oh, out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, yeah <laughs> what a racket we sold to the world man ah <laughs> uh, there'll be more i'm sure um, i hope more. so i hope so i mean we discovered our it industry and its global <laughs> demand because of some <laughs> guy called devang mehta another of your country cousins well kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of kind of yeah So uh that time I was sort of looking out for opportunities I never really wanted to move to Delhi Gurgaon or Bangalore which was the IT hub at that time right. not again just much of the muchness from Bombay Yeah um and then then sort of a thought clicked as to why limit myself um you know I'm always going to be a flight away Yeah though that's pretty ironical right now because Australia has a travel ban with India Yeah, um, but uh, it would it would roughly take me the same amount of time anywhere I was in the world to mm. get back uh, to Pune if my mm. parents needed me there. So mm. a day at most, right? Right. And that opened up this whole new thinking. Um, at that time, the US was open, Germany was open, Canada was open, New Zealand. and australia wow and i never liked the lifestyle in the us a few friends had sort of mentioned that yes there is there is a lot of money there if you are good mm. um germany the language issue was always the case mm. canada i don't think there were as many opportunities likewise with new zealand Mm. and my uncle the one who used to bring the lps he was in australia at that time so ah, there okay. was sort of a natural choice yes. or inclination or sort of a gentle right. push to say right if we go let's go to australia yeah what's with the bawas yaar i mean so many of my friends have gone off to australia i mean you guys i knew that australia was a whacked out country and you know people were just crazy <laughs> but you didn't have to get the bawas in there bawas right then absolutely <laughs> yeah. bawas are whacked out so <laughs> super whacked out and it's surprising you know because um, we've just done what about 70 episodes you know your number 69 and out of these 70 odd episodes that we've done you're the third bawa wow yeah I mean, <laughs> that's look, a fantastic ratio right it is it is and you know the love of bawas and machinery is very well known oh yeah especially their vehicles oh, so yeah. tell me before about all it. this biking stuff was cool the bawas were already doing it <laughs> so when did you move to australia um april 2001 it also must have done great for your uh, your, your cycling in you know the outdoors because australia is an outdoor country it totally is totally is uh, psychologically also yes yes i mean it's 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 a continent people forget yeah. that it's not a country yeah it's a it's the smallest continent but it's a continent yes. and yes. i mean it's vast um with a 24 25 million population yes predominantly sort of sprinkled around the four five major cities yeah. but there is lots and lots and lots of vastness over here <laughs> we have a uh, we have a road over here called the uh, or a region over here uh, close to perth um, it's called the nullarbor yeah um basically means no trees no trees yeah and yeah and there's a road there which is a straight line road for 140 kilometers 143 kilometers <laughs> people fall asleep driving on that road <laughs> at one point in time they were thinking of putting in some chicanes over there just to keep it alive and there's there's nothing there there's absolutely nothing there so but yeah it's it's vast it's a continent um it is outdoors it, it was a natural fit for me as well 
so mm. i think it just yeah it's as much home as india is yeah yeah thank you to nosh and firoz mistri for letting me prod into your personal lives and for letting us showcase your music both individually and as the floyd do sandeep and riya for the musical piece hamesha anita krishnan anu manjula and moshmi for the my way from kashmir a big thank you also to our latest followers on instagram and facebook andam zuki beans sandeep janjua ankit dagar motodangal anand vijay 05 flying sparrow 07 biker gyani mt with jp aditya trivedi sanjeev kumar gary c mcgowan hoot nanny freaks dad of smack hike on bike ashish kokreja Drovel Dave 92 Stimulus World Automotive Z Murli Reddy Krish the Wonderlust Pooja EP Javed by Designs Gaurav Alag Bikes Cup Shop The Broken Foot Pegs Gurmeet 6682 Hitch Biker At Biker Radio Broadcast is the one account we need you to follow on Instagram like share and please like and please share with your biker buddies Now, this podcast appears to be india's best kept secret so pass it only to insiders thank you spread the word that india has its own motorcycling podcast and it's a hit hey 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 there go the alarms and i promised to the music didn't i The Nosh mystery story is just about heating up. On the next episode, we journey into the Himalayas with the mysteries where Nosh encounters an unbelievable paid forward experience as two Canadian travelers offer him a motorcycle for free to ride around Sanskar. We'll catch up with Feroz who at 70 In 2015, spent seven weeks riding around with Nosh to the nooks and corners of the Himalayan playland. We also will then journey with Nosh through the Great Himalayas and on to Australia from Kashmir through Assam, Burma, Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Malaysia, and Singapore. So come back for yet another heartwarming story of some of the people who make up this crazy mad world of motorcycling across time. This is Shandy signing off on the 69th episode of The Long Way Home. Biker Radio Broadcast is an original produced by Soundboard Media, a new media content production house, and where we believe the future is sound. You can email us at mail at bikerradiobroadcast.com or text us on plus nine one eight nine two zero two seven double six seven five. Well, if you want to join the tribe of the broadcast, visit www.bikerradiobroadcast.com. Hey, we'll chat up soon, okay? Meanwhile, you be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. I'll leave you with the Floyd Joe featuring Nosh Mistry on keyboards. bass rhythm and lead guitars and feroz mystery on vocals and keys this is the biker radio broadcast listen connect right on taking away the moment